Thank you, Matt. I'm so glad to finally crack the top 14. <clears throat> My name is Doug Brown. I'm the high school pastor. And if there's any high school students, they'd be over there. I'm, hi, how you doing? I'm the high school pastor, and if you've never met me before, um, this is it right here. So now we've met each other. I, I have a couple things I want you to do for me, okay? So if you came in this morning, you got a bulletin. I want you to go ahead and take the bulletin out, and in there, there should be an outline. Grab the outline. At the same time that you're doing that, I want you to find a Bible, either in the chair rack in front of you or the one you brought or on your phone, and open that up to Ephesians 4. Also, one more thing, I want you to actually turn to the person next to you. And if you're kind of by yourself, that's okay. Maybe you could scoot over, or if you don't, you could just hang out. Turn to the person next to you. I want you to answer this question for me. When was the last time you had someone say something really nice about you, or like gave you an amazing compliment, okay? When was the last time somebody gave you an amazing compliment, like... Maybe go beyond your hair is really awesome, although that's a great compliment. Or maybe your shirt is on point. That's a good compliment. What's like maybe the, like a really awesome compliment that someone gave you? Turn to the person next to you. Answer that question for me. Hopefully you're comfortable with it in this service, but we're going to talk to each other a little bit, so it's going to be exciting. A great compliment. This morning we are going to talk about, you probably didn't have enough time to share, but I'm just trying to, trying to get you going, you know? So you're going to end up talking to people again, believe it or not, in the service. So hang on to those things or remember the people you talk to, because this morning we're going to talk about the way that we talk to one another. We are going to look in Ephesians 4 and see that as we have become different, as we have changed in God, the way we talk is going to change. Because, well, because of a lot of reasons. But let me, let's go back. The way we talk to each other is very important. And it, and it really changes a lot of things. Last night, I got to go to a wedding, right? I always used to answer this question when people said, what's the greatest compliment anyone has ever given you? I would say, it's got to be the day that I got married and my wife said her vows to me. You know, I promise I'll be with you forever. I love you. And I'm sitting there going, wow, really? It's amazing. Forever? Okay. You know, all awesome. And it's such a great compliment to have somebody say those things to you in front of so many people, right? I got to go to an awesome wedding of Kirsten. Kirsten and Oscar, who both go here. They got married. It's exciting. And we get to see them say these amazing vows. And those words, right, the truth of what they say, the vows, the promises they make, tie them together, right? In reality, it brings two people together. But just as easily as words can bring people together, they can kind of tear people apart. Have you ever had somebody say something to you and kind of just level you and make you feel like you are no good or lame or something like that? I always remember this one story. I was in elementary school, 
And it had to be the transition from the 80s to the 90s, right? And I always used to, and I have to show you, I always used to, can you see my socks? Yeah? I always used to wear my socks scrunched down like that, right? Because it was like, I don't know, the 80s or something. That's what you did. I always used to wear them scrunched down. I went to school, and there was this kid, he saw my socks, and he went, you still wear your socks scrunched down like that? And I went, no, no. I mean, well, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> and he said, no, man, you, you got to pull them up. You're so lame. No, oh, yeah, I just forgot to do it this morning. No big deal. And I remember it being so embarrassed for the rest of the day. And I looked around and everybody had their socks pulled up and nobody scrunched them down anymore. And at that moment, I realized the 80s are dead. It's now in the 90s. And we now wear our socks differently, right? But words, right? Like one person just saying something different to you can totally change the way you think about yourself, the way you think about people around you. And that is what we're looking at in Ephesians 4. Go to Ephesians 4, verse 25. And we are going to look at the way we talk to one another. If you remember last week, Matt and Eric both talked about how we are putting off the old man. And what we're doing is putting on the new man. Because of what Christ has done for us, we put away the old things and put on the new things. You could say our identity has changed. And because of that new identity, we're going to talk to one one another differently. Let me back up a little bit. You stay in 25, because that's one of the verses we're going to cover today. And I'm going to go from 22, okay? And we're going to look, kind of catch the theme of last week, and then look at what we're going to talk about today. Because it says this in Ephesians 4, 22. That in reference to your former manner of life, you lay aside the old self, which is being corrupted in accordance with the lusts of deceit. And what you... And that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and you put on the new self, which in the likeness of God has been created in righteousness and holiness of the truth. And then we get to our verse. Therefore, because of that, because of last week, because you've put off the old man and put on the new, therefore, laying aside those falsehoods, again, laying them down, speak truth, each one of you, with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Because of what has happened, stop lying to one another. Stop treating each other poorly with the way you speak and speak truthfully of one another. Are you getting the theme? Take off the old, put on the new, lay aside falsehood, pick up truth, because that is your new identity. What is the truth that you may think? What is the truth that we're supposed to be speaking to one another? Go to Ephesians 4, go to 15, because he's already outlined what that truth is. In 4.15, it says this, but speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ, from the whole body being fitted together and held together by what every joint supplies, according to the proper working of each individual part causes the growth of the body for the building itself up of love, right? Do you get the picture? Lay off, then put down the old, pick up the new, your new identity. Your new identity is one that doesn't speak falsehoods or untruths or lies about one another, but it speaks the truth in love to one another so that you may build yourself up into the body of Christ and we we may become one. Do you get the picture? Yes? So here's our our visual for the morning. Giant Jenga blocks that we used for VBS a couple years ago. And they're red, white, and blue because America or something like that. So here's what it is. Here we have the body of Christ. Can you go there with me this morning? Yes? 
Yeah, okay, pro, okay, I was waiting for someone. Thank you. So we have the body of Christ, and we have these individual members. And as we begin to come together in truth, you have a person, right? And by the power of the truth, they are brought in to the body of truth. And you might ask yourself, well, what is then the truth that we're speaking about one another? Well, like I told you, we're speaking about the truth of our new identity. Maybe you've come here, right? And, and you're thinking, I want to be part of this group. I want to be part of this, this, this church of what's going on here. And someone says, I'm so glad that you're here because you are loved by God and you are loved by us. Their true identity, right? You know, I'm here. I want to be part of the body of Christ. I'm kind of been floating around. Well, you are one of us. You're loved. The truth of that brings you in and you get built up into the body, right? And even furthermore, even if little things, right? If you show up and you're having a bad day, I don't know what happened, but maybe you're having a really bad day and someone says, you look like you're down. Give me a hug, right? And you communicate the truth that that you are with them. Even through a hug, you bring people in and you build the body of Christ up together. Even little things, right? Even little things that speak to our unity and speak to our oneness in Christ, the truth builds one another up, right? And even little compliments. I really like those shoes. Can I have them? Or they're so awesome. Maybe that's not a compliment. Builds the body up, right? Your kids look great today. Oh, thank you. Whoa, sorry. How are you doing? I saw that you, you just graduated from college. I'm so proud of you. You're so great. That's such a great accomplishment. Can we celebrate with you? The body of Christ begins to build up through what we say, through whatever way we communicate it, through body language, through tone, through the actual words that come out of our mouth, if they are directed at a goal. And this is the most important part. If they're directed at a goal, and the goal being the truth of our new reality in Christ, they build us up and they make us strong together, right? And the blocks, all these people begin to come together and you get to form this tower. You get in the picture? Paul, who's writing this, wants to clarify that this reality, this truth, that we are better together And that we need to put down falsehood and stop lying and that way of speaking and speak to each other about our new reality and truth. He wants to show that this is an old reality. If you look at the verse, actually, in verse 25, it says, therefore, laying aside falsehood. And then you see that it goes into all caps, right? He's not yelling. This isn't the ancient form of yelling. Speak truth! No, what's happening is he's quoting something. He says, let me quote something. Let me bring the present reality back to the past reality. And if you have that, it's in Zechariah 8.16, which is on the outline. You can look at it there. But let me also read for you. It says this in Zechariah 8.19. Or does it say 8.19? I'm sorry. It says this. These are the things which you should do. Pretty straightforward. These are the things which you should do. Speak the truth to one another. Judge with truth and judgment for peace in your gates. Speak the truth to one another. That's what you should be doing. Paul says, this is the same thing that I'm calling you to do now. It's the same thing that, was, that the ancients were called to do. It's the same God then that is now. God, when he remakes you and he becomes your identity, truth is the thing which marks you. And it's the way that we communicate to one another. I remember coming here. I grew up here, if you guys didn't know that. And as I grew up here, 
this is my community, and this is my church, and this is... Am I doing everything okay? We good? How are you feeling? Are you feeling good? Okay. I feel good. Let's continue. Uh, this is my community of, of family that I was brought up in. I am one of us. I, I literally have spent every week here my entire life. And as I grew up here, there were times in my life where I felt built into, like never before, I felt brought into the body of believers. I remember specifically when I made the transition from uh, being a volunteer here and, and being here a lot to actually getting paid to be here and then getting paid to lead some of our groups. I remember I was working with someone named Melissa Broche. And I was going to end up taking over her job because she had just had so many children. She didn't know what to do anymore. So she had to go raise them. Um, she had to go raise those children. And I was taking over. And I remember thinking, I'm the same guy who used to sit out there and goof around nonstop. And I was just a goofball kind of a kid. And I was all over the place. I'm like, and they put me in charge. And now I'm speaking to you, which is even crazier. But I'm just thinking to myself, this is so amazing. This was a a while, a long time ago. But I'm not going to lie to you. I felt a little, I guess I felt inadequate. Or I felt like I was going to do it wrong. And I remember Melissa, but a lot of other people too, came alongside me and said, Doug, you're smart. Doug, you understand the Bible, and you live a holy lifestyle, and you are capable of leading these people. See, what they were doing is they were speaking the truth into my life about what was true about my identity and what was true about how I fit into the body of Christ. And the more that they spoke to me about that, the more it helped me change and become a new person and realize my identity, right? So the truth helps build us up and helps build our community. But I don't know if you can see it from where you're sitting, but I brought a baseball bat too because there's also another reality that's probably more prevalent in, in our group and in, in, in church bodies. It's this. It's the, the second point. Read it. We must not allow our words to tear down community, but instead we must build it up with how we speak because it is so easy for community to be torn down with the way we speak. Real easy. So much so that in verse 29, we're going to jump down. Jump down to verse 29. It says this. Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as good for edification, according to the need of the moment, so that it will give grace to those who hear. Let no unwholesome word. That word, unwholesome, right? In the Greek, it really means rotten. Don't let any rotten words come out of your mouth, right? There's also another part in the Bible where that same exact Greek word is used, rotten. Don't let rotten words come out of your mouth. And it's in Matthew. Go to Matthew. In Matthew 12, 33, it says something. In Matthew 12, 33, Jesus is speaking to the Pharisees. People who have, we've talked about this before, in a lot of ways, rotten centers, right? So the words that come out of their mouth are kind of rotten. It says this in Matthew 12, 33. Either make the tree good and its fruit good or make the tree, and this is what it really says in the original text, make the tree bad, rotten, bad, rotten. Make it rotten and its fruit rotten. For the tree is known by its fruit. You brood of vipers is what he calls them. How can you, being evil, speak what is good? For the mouth speaks out of which the heart fills. And here's, could be a, an appropriate amount of conviction. 
We speak oftentimes out of what is truly inside of us, right? Out of what is going on in our inner self, our heart. Out of that comes words. And here's my one point that I want to make out of that, is when Paul calls people out of that, let, speak no unwholesome words, but only words which are good for edification, I think what he's saying is that you need to realize uh, that our identity has been changed and see people differently. If in the heart, your heart is changed to see people as one in Christ, a community built better together and people brought as one, forgiven by Christ, clothed with the new person, in your heart, if you believe that, you will speak well of them and you will speak the truth to them. But when we see each other as less, when we see each other as gross, ooh, or different, or you stay over there, I'll stay over here, or I don't want anything to do with you, we just begin to destroy ourselves and we destroy our community, right? And it can be as little as that same person who shows up on one week who's having a bad day and they get a hug from someone. Maybe they park in the parking lot and they, and they get out of the car and someone looks at the way they're dressed and, and they give them a look like, why are you wearing that? Why are you wearing that, right? And that same person who just wants to be brought in gets knocked out a little bit, you know? And you're thinking, oh. <laughs> here too? I'm going to get rejected here too? Or maybe you're young and you're growing up and, and you just want to have a good time and you're, and you're talking a little bit too loud and you're messing with people and someone says, hey, stop being such an annoying little kid. And you go, oh, ow, that really hurts. Or maybe like me, I showed up to church a while back and I saw a high school student of mine I hadn't seen in a couple, a little while and he said, wow, you're bald. I said, oh, oh, thanks a lot. It's true, but thanks a lot, right? Or maybe you, or anything, honestly, the way you dress, the, the way you speak, the way you, the way you post things online, the way you talk to your friends, all these little things. It's just breaking apart our community. Because in our, it's possible that in our hearts, we, we don't see each other as one. And when we do that, we start to speak poorly, unwholesome, rotten words. And what it's doing, it is, it's just not going to stand. I'll, I'll, I'll give you one example, a truthful example uh, from my life, to be perfectly honest. I was that goofy kid, right, growing up. I was super just all over the place. And I remember I left, I left Calvary Church. I left in, in my early college years because I felt like I wanted to... <laughs> I wanted to transition to be like someone who was like a real human being and be a little bit more serious. And no one took me seriously. And I felt like I just kind of got written off all of the time. All of the time. So much so that I, I think I was trying to con contribute to a conversation one time and somebody who was a leader here in the college group said, wow, you actually have thoughts? Boom. Gone. I'm gone. I literally left. I left. Thanks a lot. I do have thoughts, all right? But I'm back. Don't worry. But it hurts me. It hurts me to think about it, right? That, that just by the way we speak, we can narrow ourselves down to this, right? That's not the picture that God gave us. It's not the, the life that Paul is trying to speak of. Paul is saying the truth is what you need. Put the bat down. Put the bat down. What you need to be doing is speaking edifying words. Again in 29, let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, 
but only such words which are good for edification. Again, like we've talked about, and I'll hit again. What is edifying? The truth. The truth about what? Your new reality in Christ. And what is your new reality in Christ? That you are forgiven. That you are set free. That you have put off the old and put on the new. When we start to talk like that, we begin to build ourselves back up. We begin to build ourselves up and up and up to be together. It says this in the end of 29. Speak words which are good for edification to the need of the moment so that it will give grace to those who hear. In the beginning of, of Ephesians, in Ephesians 4, 4 through 7, it says this. There is one body, one spirit, just as also you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, through all, and in, in, in all. But to each one of you, grace has been given. Amen. Grace has been given to you. So when you talk to one another, remember that grace has been given to each one of you as you come together under the one true God. As you become to be one, it took a whole lot of grace. So now as we communicate and speak the truth to one another, don't forget that it took a whole lot of grace to get us here. And it's going to take a whole lot of grace given to people. Speak to them so that they remember the reality of who they are and the grace that was given to them. Why? Why do this? Because I truly believe that the church is better together. I really do. The church is better together. We need to understand this. In Romans, there's a great passage. Go there. In Romans, you have it there too. Romans 12, 4 through 5, it says this. For just as we have many members... In one body, and all the members do not have the same function. So we, who are many, are one body in Christ, individually members of God, right? Of Christ. We're all members of the same body. Here's one correction I want to make that we often say all the time. And I understand it's, it, you need that kind of language to get along in life. And I'm not really criticizing us saying it, but I want to make sure that you don't believe it. We oftentimes say, hey, don't forget to come to church, right? Hey, don't forget that the church is doing this thing and the church is doing that thing. And oh, you may have some friends that go to that church, but we go to this church, right? I don't think... That is whatever we were ever meant to say those words. And it's okay if we do, because I realize you, gotta, you have to name what we're doing here or something. And I understand. I'm not telling you to even change that. But what I'm asking you to do is don't believe that there are churches over there, that there are churches over here, and that you're at church now, and when you leave, you won't be at church. Because who is the church, based on what I just read? We are the church. I'm going to read it again. For just as we have many members in one body, and all the members do not have the same function, so we who are many are one in the body of Christ. That guy over there is the same as that girl over there. That girl in the back is the same as this guy up here in the front. I am in the same as you. Dave is the same as me, as the same as you. We're all together. We are all saints. Put on. We're putting on the spirit together. We're putting off the bad. And we're putting on the new, which makes us one body. 
which speaks to the reality that if we're going to talk to one another, we have to talk to one another like we are literally the same thing, right? We are literally the same body. And other times in scripture, it says, how can the hand like say to the foot, what are you doing? I don't need you. I don't want you here. How can one part of our body, our church say to another, you're wrong. We don't want you here anymore. We are one. And in that one, we have to lean heavily into our new identity. How do we do it? And this is how I think we do it. We have to start today changing our beliefs about who we are. If you want something practical to do, do this. Change your beliefs about who you are. Take this outline. On the back, there's passages you can read about how we talk. Learn about how God and the scriptures talk about how we should talk, but read over and over and again these parts of Ephesians, this part of Romans, and realize that the person you see coming in to Calvary in the parking lot, the person you see in the lobby, the kids you see in the nursery, the high school students you see over there, we are all one, brought together, given grace by what Christ has done for us. When we speak to one another, let that be the goal. Let that be the goal, to remind each other of that, to promote that. Change your beliefs about who we are, and your words will start to to change. Like God said, like Jesus said, out of the heart flows what what you really think, and and out of your mouth comes what's in the heart. So change your heart, change your beliefs about who we are, and your mouth will follow. There's actually a video I want to show you. I think we have it from first service. And it speaks to this reality, that we all sit like this, facing me. You listen to a message, and you may think, oh, there's a bunch of different people in this church. I don't really know who everyone is and all these kind of things. And it's really easy for us to talk poorly of people when we don't see them, we don't know them, we don't ever get to interact with them. But once all of a sudden you see the person, and, and, and like I said, your beliefs change about them, it's, it's a lot harder to talk poorly of them. Check out this video. The former New York Yankee all-star second baseman uh, returns to Yankee Stadium for the first time since he left for a 10-year, $240 million contract with the Seattle Mariners. Now, obviously, Cano's going to hear a lot, fair share of booze when he steps up to the plate tomorrow. And, uh, well, that could be jarring for any player. So that's why, uh, to get him used to it, we sent Robinson Cano out to the streets of New York <laughs> to get booed by actual Yankee fans. <laughs> but here's the catch. The fans thought they were just booing a cardboard cutout of Robinson Cano. <laughs> they didn't realize that the real Robinson Cano was standing right behind it. Their reactions are pretty great. Check it out. Hi, I'm Robinson Cano, and I'm about to get booed by some Yankees fan. Are you a Yankee fan? Yes. Now, Robinson Cano is coming back to Yankee Stadium tomorrow night for the first time since becoming a Seattle Mariner. Are you going to boo him? Of course. All right, well, we have this picture of him right behind you, so whenever you're ready, go ahead and boo it as much as you want. Boo! You know what? You're no longer welcome here. Bye. Try again. You no longer... Now, Robinson Cano is coming back to Yankee Stadium tomorrow night for the first time mm-hmm. since becoming a Seattle Mariner. Are you, are you going to boo him? I am going to boo the out of him. Well, uh, whenever you're ready, go ahead. All right. Give him your best boo. Boo! You suck! That was awesome. Maybe try, try it again. Should I try it again? Yeah. 
How you doing, Robbie? Welcome back to New York. Thank you. back, right? Yes, sir. Thank yes, sir. you. <laughs> no problem, Are you going to boo him? Uh, you know, he won a World Series ring here, but he did leave for the money, so... Why don't you go ahead and give him as many boos as you want? Come on, Robinson. I mean, how many World Series titles do the Mariners have? Oh, come on, boo! You're better than that. You got a, a beard now? You're better than that. Boo! Ooh. Welcome you. back to New York. Thank you. Uh, whenever you're ready, go ahead and boo. Move. You should go home. Boo. Try booing him one more time. Oh. <laughs> How you doing, man? Are you gonna boo him? Yes, I am. Boo. All right. Well, we actually have this picture of him right behind you. So whenever you're ready, go ahead and boo him as much as you want. Boo, Robinson. You should have stayed here. Winners is in New York, not in Seattle. Try booing him one more time. Boo. Stay in Seattle. We don't need you in New York. Hey! How are you? Yo, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Go ahead, boom as much as you want. Boo! Boo! Whoa! How you doing? Yeah, thanks good. for the boo. Yeah, no problem. I, 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 I won't boo you. I won't actually boo you. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll be rooting for you to uh, play well but not win. <laughs> are you going to boo him? Absolutely. All right, well, whenever you're ready, go ahead and uh, boom for as long as you want. Right here? Yep. Boom! 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 Come on, everybody. Boom! Actually, try one more. One more? Yeah. Oh, How you doing? <laughs> Listen, about that, right? Here's what happened. <laughs> That's weird. Only in New York. Only in New York. I swear. <laughs> Oftentimes, our community is torn down and we speak so poorly of each other behind each other's back, right? We just talk about one another all the time. We got to get out there and meet each other and actually see each other face to face. And when we do, our beliefs will begin to change because we will see that we are one. The last passage, it says this. And John, you have it there in your, in your outline. John 17, 11. I am no longer in the world. Jesus says this. I'm no longer in the world. And yet they themselves are in the world. And I come to you. Holy Father, keep, me, keep them in your name. The name which you gave, which you have given to me, that they may be one, even as we are one. Jesus says, I'm leaving this world, but they're in this world. But God, make them one. Remind them that they are one, even as we are one. We, we have to let our guard down. Stop beating each other up and realize that we are one together. And the way we do it is we change our beliefs about who we are and we got to talk to each other. So like I said, you're going to end up talking to one another again. Here's what I want you to do. If you flip your outline over, you'll see on the back that there is a, a blessing or a prayer at the top, right? What I want you to do, and this can be a little, it's going to be strange maybe for some of you, but maybe pair up with one or two people or two or three people b by you. And if you have to move a little bit, that's okay. Just, just get with two or three other people. And here's what you're going to do. I, I've made it, you know, easy for you, kind of. But what I want you to do is speak to the reality of who we are together. I want you to speak into another person's life the reality of who they are. Speak truth about them. Not rotten words, but truthful words about their new identity. And it's this. 
You're going to pray this prayer for like the person on your right, and then that person will pray it for the next person, and then that person will pray it for them, and then you see the circle will be completed. Does this make sense? You'll say this, God, and I'll use my wife's name for an example. God, thank you for Jessie. She is a valuable member of our family. I pray that she feels connected to the church and that she is being built up both individually and as a member of the body of believers. And for, and for this Sunday morning, we will have all spoken the truth into each other's lives. Really, what the body of believers, what the church is supposed to be doing every week and what we do in ways. But I want you to do it this morning. Does this make sense? You have a clear picture of what you should do? At the end of that, we'll come back up and we'll sing praise songs to God. So find two or three people around you and you're going to insert their name, use the correct way of saying it, and then go around. Go for it. <laughs> 